The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I'm happy to be here looking at week two. Week two action actually began on Thursday night. So before we dive into the Sunday slate, let's look back at the first game of... The Minnesota Vikings were not very lucky in week one, uh, suffering through some turnover problems and ending up with a surprising 20-17 to home loss to the Buccaneers. The Philadelphia Eagles, meanwhile, got a 25-20 to win in New England, largely thanks to the defense helping spot them an early lead. Those two teams met on Thursday night. Both were playoff teams last year. The Eagles were the top seed, and in the Super Bowl, the Vikings had a 13-win season, but they just didn't look good against contending teams, and they got washed out in the wildcard round of the playoffs by the seventh-seeded Giants. They're hoping to turn things around. Starting 0-2 is never a good sign, but that is unfortunately what happened to them. They suffered a 34-28 to loss. Turnovers, again, a big deal. Four more turnovers for the Vikings. They also can't get a lot going on the ground, which might be a little bit of a cause for concern, both if you're rostering Alexander Madison And if you're following the Vikings, the line is beaten up a little bit. Madison still seems to be the guy getting the volume back there, but they are definitely becoming a very pass-heavy team, maybe even more so than last year. Jefferson, Jordan Addison, uh, and TJ Hawkinson all had great nights. Uh, Even KJ Osborne caught a touchdown. Kirk Cousins looked good. But Madison struggling a little bit, has had some ball security issues. Uh, You know, for me, he's very low end RB2. If you want to go that way, I'd probably feel better with him in flex range. Vikings now 0 2, a very grim start, especially since uh, the Lions, who got a Great win against the Chiefs on opening night, our home against the Seahawks team that got blown out at home by the Rams last week. I think there's a very good chance the Lions go 2-0. The Packers might end up going 2-0. They're playing the Falcons after getting a win. So the Vikings putting themselves in a big hole early, especially in their division. That'll be interesting to watch. For the Eagles, meanwhile... 
you know, it was kind of a little bit of a ho-hum game. They dominated on the ground. Uh, week one, Kenneth Gainwell seemed to be the featured back, got all the touches. He got injured, was out for week two. DeAndre Swift just exploded. Uh, you know, and we thought he was an explosive player that could potentially be the best value in that backfield. Uh, had, you know, well over 100 yards and a touchdown. He has struggled some with injuries in his career, so we will have to wait and see if that is a struggle for him again uh, this year. But I loved what I saw in week two. I think he's earned some more touches. The other thing we we really learned from this game, Rashad Penny is decidedly their fourth option because with Gainwell out, it was DeAndre Swift dominating touches and they were mixing in Boston Scott until he got injured and then Penny got a few touches late. But it, it could very well be a Swift-Gainwell comp the nation if that's what you're looking for in fantasy otherwise the eagles look fine off to a 2-0 start now they get 10 days of rest before uh their week three game actually i think they're playing monday night so they might get 11 days of rest which not going to be great for whoever they're facing well that'll do it for the thursday night recap now let's look at some of the games of the week for week two And it kicks off, as I always do, I will look one uh, in each of the windows here. Uh, and for the early window, my game is the Chiefs and the Jags. The Chiefs, you know, as I mentioned, lost 21-20 in the opening week game. The Jaguars were able to get a 31-21 victory over the Colts in week one. The Jags are at home. Travis Kelsey is supposed to be back. Chris Jones as well. Those are all good signs for the Chiefs. They are another team that can't really afford to start 0-2, not just because they have a tough division, although it didn't look like it in week one as the Raiders were the only team in the AFC West to get a win. But the AFC landscape in general is tough for the Jaguars. You know, they were a playoff team last year. They want to be a playoff team that could go further this year. Getting a big win at home over a contending team would set them on the right path. I think this is going to be a heck of a matchup. In the late window, there are some interesting late window games, but probably the most interesting is the 1-0 Jets at the 1-0 Dallas Cowboys. Both teams getting their wins in surprising fashion. We'll start with the Cowboys. They were on Sunday night football. They just decimated the Giants. They got a 40 to nothing victory. It was turnovers, defensive, and special teams plays that really set the stage. Dak didn't have to do a whole lot. Tony Pollard taking over as the feature back, got a couple of touchdowns, only really ran for 70 yards, 40 to nothing. You'd think the offense just went off, but it was a total team effort. That defense looks pretty incredible. On the flip side, the Aaron Rodgers era for the Jets lasted four plays before he got dropped and tore his Achilles tendon. Zach Wilson came in, played well enough to help the New York Jets to get a victory. It was really a great effort on the ground, especially from Brees Hall, who looked nothing short of explosive. They also have a phenomenal defense. They turned over Josh Allen and the Bills four times. Dak has struggled with turnovers the last couple of years, so that'll be something to watch. But these are two really good defenses and two very interesting teams doing battle. Both of them would love to get off to that 2-0 start. I think that is going to be a heck of a game in the late window. Sunday Night Football this week features Tua and the Dolphins, who got that 36-34 win over the Chargers, heading in to battle their division rivals, the New England Patriots. Patriots offense, you know, is a little bit new this year uh, under a new offensive coordinator, and Bill O'Brien have some new weapons. Kendrick Bourne looked really good last week uh, when he kind of burst out. The Patriots started slow on offense, but really started to put some things together. Meanwhile, Tua 
threw for over 400 yards. Tyreek Hill went for over 200 yards. You suspect the Patriots will put an emphasis on stopping Tyreek, but what was an interesting player to watch for me is tight end Durham Smythe. We wondered what was going to really happen at the tight end position here for the Miami Dolphins after they let Mike Gusecki go. Didn't really address that a lot. He got seven targets last week, caught three for 44. Could he be a part of what they're doing here? Maybe, Um, but I also like Jalen Waddle a lot this week. I think Tyreek will be fine, but there will be a lot of emphasis on him as well. The running game is still a little bit of a mess. Raheem Mostert's there. We may get to see Devin Achain this week. Uh, Still no Jeff Wilson. See how much that can be involved for the Patriots. Hunter Henry was actually tight end one overall last week. In 2021, he was a top tight end option, really had great chemistry with Mac Jones. I thought they were going to go back to using a tight end in a feature role. I had thought it was going to be Mike Gusecki. It looks like it is still Hunter Henry. I like him as a tight end one this week. Uh, you know, receivers was Kendrick Bourne a one-week thing? Will it continue? I want to see a little bit more, but I definitely think in deeper leagues he is a flex consideration. On to Monday night. There are actually two games on Monday night. The first game is the Saints at the Panthers, which starts at 7.15 Eastern, but in the normal window at 8.15 Eastern, we get the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that's the better of the two Monday night games. Nick Chubb looked great. uh, Didn't have to work that hard as the Browns smothered the Bengals in week one. Meanwhile, the Steelers' offense a little bit of a mess. Uh, they got blown out at home by the San Francisco 49ers in week one. Now they're going to be without Deontay Johnson, which deals Kenny Pickett in that passing game a little bit of a blow. I am a little bit higher on uh, George Pickens this week uh, because I think he's probably going to be their best and most dominant receiver. But we saw Allen Robinson catch a few passes. Uh, Calvin Ridley, or uh, Calvin Austin, excuse me, catching a few passes as well. So they could be involved. Pat Fryermuth left that game with injury but is expected to play. The Steelers are at home again. They really can afford to go. 0 and 2, especially at home. But I, I think this Browns team is pretty tough. I expect a heavy dose of Nick Chubb. Uh, Watson looked okay at times last week. I love the way they got Elijah Moore involved. I think Moore and David and Joker will be even more of a focus this week as Amari Cooper came up late on the injury report on Saturday with a groin injury. If you have him in your fantasy lineup, I would probably pull him or have some kind of alternative option. It's looking dicey about him potentially playing on Monday night. I know I sadly had to go make some of those moves as well. Despite that, I like Cleveland this week, and I think this is going to be kind of a fun game. Uh, so that is a look at the games of the week. The week two slate uh, looking strong. We have some good matchups, so multiple intriguing matchups in both of the day part windows and then some interesting night games. Well, I've mentioned a few fantasy news and notes, but now it's time to get to the sit start section. <music> So last week for sit start, I did okay. Uh, you know, I was one and three with my start suggestions and three and one with my sit suggestions. Hopefully this week we'll do better. Um, you know, DJ Moore did not have a great connection. Dak, the Cowboys, they destroyed the Giants, but Dak didn't really have to throw anything. So some of those that didn't quite land uh, the way that I was hoping for them to land. Among the sit suggestions, you know, the the one that really uh, broke big was was in the receiving uh, section. You know, I just got the, the receivers backwards because Michael Pittman was totally fine uh, with uh, Anthony Richardson. The Colts have actually a better 
probably passing game than I think I was suspecting that they were going to have. I thought there'd be some growth uh, with the young player, but as somebody who grabbed him in a couple places, believe me, I could not be more excited. Uh, surprisingly, my start suggestion of J.K. Dobbins that did hit. He did finish just inside the top twenty-four despite uh, tearing um, his Achilles. He is now out for the year. Um, this week, you know, I'm going back to the well, so we'll start off looking at the quarterback position. And my start this week is Jared Goff. Uh, last week, I was a little more cautious, and even though Goff looked good in that opening game, didn't have any turnovers, we've seen his home road. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply splits the year have been pretty dramatic um you know he was a solid qb2 in week one but i think he'll go higher and be in the qb1 range this week against the seahawks the seahawks basically got decimated by the rams at home last week and matthew stafford threw all over the seahawks secondary and that was with a combination of tutu atwell and puka nakua I like the chances with Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Jameer Gibbs. Goff was much better at home in 2022 than he was on the road. I think we'll see him take off again this week. Remember, he finished as QB10 overall last year, so he is definitely in that low-end QB1 consideration even for season long. My sit this week is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G had a strong week one. He finished his QB 12. Um, you know, that was a combination of it not being a great week for QBs and a really strong two touchdown day. But his favorite target on that day was Jacoby Myers, who is out this week for the Raiders. So I think they may lean a little bit more into the run game. The Raiders are also on the road against an angry Bills team. Uh, you know, Jimmy G might be a better passer than Zach Wilson, but I don't really see him cracking the top 12 this week. We didn't see Zach Wilson have a ton of success, even though he had great weapons in Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard and some of the other passing game weapons. I think Devontae Adams will be fine. Jimmy G probably a solid QB too, but I'm just not really willing to ride with him in 
in the quarterback one range. Now on to running backs. And, you know, the biggest surprise, probably one of the biggest surprises, was the way the Falcons deployed their running game. I have thought maybe this would be a good game and start of a breakout season for Kyle Pitts. But, you know, it turns out passing wasn't a big part of what the Falcons were doing, but they ran all over the field. We knew Bijan Robinson would be there, and Bijan Robinson finished as running back seven last week. But you know who had more carries and more rushing touchdowns? That was his backfield mate, Tyler Algier, who finished as running back four last week. I think they're both going to be involved. They have a fun game against a young Green Bay Packers team today. They are once again at home. I like the Falcons still with the potential to make the playoffs. They have a little bit of an improvement on defense. I think they want to run, and they have these two incredible weapons in the backfield. Bijan Robinson is still great. He's still going to be heavily involved, but don't sleep on Tyler Algier. I think they both have the potential to be top 24 options going forward, and that's why I am starting Tyler Algier. My sit at running back is Dalvin Cook of the Jets. Sure, he was the starter at in week one. He got more snaps. He got more carries. But he also got outplayed by Brees Hall. And I think they were easing Hall back in, coming off of injury, trying to get him going. But Hall looks like he's ready to run. And I think he's going to continue to take over a bigger share of the workload. I think this is more of a split. And I like Hall as the more explosive back. But the Jets are also on the road this week in Dallas. And it's a very tough defense. They kind of bottled up the Giants last week. So I am not bullish on Dalvin Cook finishing in the top 24. That leads us into the next, which is pass catchers. And uh, one of the big pass catching performances of week one had to have been Calvin Ridley. Uh, after almost two years off, there was some concern about what he would look like coming out into a full-time starting role again. He got 11 targets, caught eight passes for 101 yards and a touchdown. I think all those concerns about him having missed time have kind of gone out the window. He finished his wide receiver six in week one. The Jaguars are playing the Chiefs at home on Sunday, and it should be another big game. The Chiefs allowed Amon Ross St. Brown to finish as wide receiver 11 on uh, their performance on opening night. And, you know, I think Ridley continues to be a focal point of this passing game. I think he is the alpha receiver that they've been missing. And I think he will continue to put up good numbers. Maybe he doesn't finish quite in the wide receiver one category this week, depending on how it goes. But I think he's definitely a lock for top 24. On the flip side, I am not as bullish on rookie breakout Puka Nakua. Uh, He had an incredible week one, finished his wide receiver nine. But late this week, he came up on the injury list with an oblique injury. Um, He may not even play, so that is something to watch. He was definitely a very trendy pickup, a lot of people hoping to put him in there. But throw that into the fact that the 40, they're playing the 49ers this week, and I don't think that they are going to have quite the same ease of offense that they did the week before. So Puka Nakua, if he plays, you know, he could be involved. He could put up flex range territory, but I am not sold on him being a top 24 finish against a tough San Francisco 49ers team and coming and dealing with that injury. Uh, Next up, we're going to look at tight ends. Uh, You know, I mentioned this uh, a little bit at the top of the show, but my start of the week is Hunter Henry. I thought Mike Busecki would be a good fantasy play because the Patriots would feature the tight end. You know, the logic turned out to be right. I was just wrong about the player. Hunter Henry finished as tight end one overall in week one. He won't be tight end one overall again probably this week, and you don't want to chase points. But I think the Patriots have been looking for solid targets, and we've seen that chemistry between Mac Jones and Hunter Henry before. It played into a lot in Mac's rookie year, and I think we're going to see it again. I think we'll keep seeing it this season. 
On the flip side, my sit of the week is Zach Ertz of the Arizona Cardinals. And you're probably wondering, hey, didn't he finish well? Yeah, he finished his tight end 12 last week. He saw 10 targets and caught six passes. That all sounds like great production. He only had 21 total yards. It was a lot of dinks and dunks. I think the Cardinals offense remains a little bit of a curious mess. And it wasn't a great week for tight ends. We had a couple of big marquee tight ends like Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews were out last week. I think those guys are both tracking to play this week. We might have a little bit better performances. And I just don't know that we're going to see high-end yardage and scoring totals from anyone in this Arizona Cardinals offense. So against a hungry Giants team, Ertz did not make my uh, start list. I think he'll finish outside the top 12. Uh, so I have him as a sit. Uh, well, that's a lot of the look here uh, of what I wanted to do for week two. Gave you some uh, some games of the week. We looked Thursday night and a couple of sit-start options. Before I get out of here, I thought I would touch on a few things that are playing now in theaters or streaming at home as part of the movie corner. The big new theatrical release this week was A Haunting in Venice, which is the third film uh, featuring Kenneth Branagh as famed Agatha Christie character Hercule Poirot. Uh, if you watched uh, Popcorn People podcast last week, you heard uh, Ricky and Dom talking about their take on it. Eric and I will be giving our full review tonight, but suffice to say, I think we liked it a little bit more than them. Uh, if you enjoyed Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, uh, and you like those kind of murder mystery films, I think this one will work for you. It's got a nice cast. Kelly Riley's in it. Michelle Yeoh is in it. Tina Fey has kind of a fun part. Jamie Dornan. And of course, Branna. I kind of enjoy him in that role of Hercule Poirot. So that is one to check out. Uh, I also managed to see The Equalizer 3, which was one of the bigger releases from the early part of uh, September. I actually liked this one a little bit more than some of the other ones. Kind of a different take on the character uh, of Robert McCall, played by Denzel Washington. Um, I liked his interactions with Dakota Fanning and with the town. Um, but basically, you know what you're getting here. This is going to be kind of a slow pace, but when the violence comes, it is very, very violent. Um, he's good at what he does. Probably they're saying this could be the last one. I thought it worked for, for what it is, and if that's the kind of movie you're looking for, that is an option. Netflix actually released a couple of different movies this week. Uh, there's the kind of vampire satire El Conde. Um, it's shot all in black and white. It has some very interesting stylistic elements. Uh, there were some things I liked about it, but overall for me, it was not quite to my um, taste. Pablo Lorraine, the director there, uh, if you like those kind of style and that kind of film, that might speak to you a little bit more. I thought it was very well done. It just it wasn't quite as much to my personal taste. But last night, I was really surprised by the romantic comedy, Love at First Sight. Uh, Haley Lou Richardson uh, is a main character there. Jamila Jamil plays the narrator character. It is a love story about uh, two 20-somethings who have a chance encounter meeting on a plane to London and then end up uh, getting getting together kind of playing out she's going for her uh for a wedding he's going for another gathering and they end up connecting throughout the day it takes place over the course of kind of one day if you're looking for a little streaming date night movie you could do a lot worse than love at first sight i thought it was pretty charming i, I thought the leads were charming uh, and the story just worked for me on prime video uh, we have a million miles which features michael pena and a story as a uh 
an immigrant who works his way up to becoming a NASA astronaut, uh, kind of a feel good story. Um, well worth checking out if you're looking for kind of kind of a uplifting drama. Uh, Pena is good in that. Uh, Rosa Salazar is also good in that. Uh, on the small screen, we are getting close uh, to the finale of Ahsoka, the new uh, Star Wars universe series from Dave Filoni. Uh, this one probably a little bit more insider than some of the previous series. If you haven't seen things like Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. I have not seen all of those and I'll have to say I'm still really enjoying it. They've had some great Action set pieces. I really liked some of the battles in episode four. Episode five actually got a, a little bit of a theatrical run. There are some just some beautiful things in there with scope. We had Hayden Christensen back as Anakin Skywalker uh, in in pieces there. But Rosario Dawson has been great in the lead role as Ahsoka Tano. I'm very excited to see where it ends up. Um, so be looking for that on Tuesday with when the finale should drop. But that's it for the Hollywood Corner. Uh, I hope you guys all have a wonderful and a successful uh, week, too, both in fantasy and in your rooting interests. And please, Broncos, no more of these one-point losses at the end. It's just getting harder to take. Uh, but that'll do it for week two. I'll see you guys next week for another preview of week three. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.